It's been almost two decades we've been on this journey to educate, liberate, and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future, achieve peace of mind, and accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you set your goals and guide you along the way to help you achieve them. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. I'm your host, Johnny Dean, with our own Rick the Professor Plum, Chief Financial Planning Officer. Managing your financial future podcast time. Johnny Dean, Professor Rick Plum, certified financial planner, professional. You know, amateur you, Professor Plum. (laughs) You are a true, true, I I love to say that. Certified financial planner, professional. But that is what you are. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to deal with here, and we don't have a ton of time. We, all, well, we, we could really take as much time as we want, but we try to keep these around 20 minutes. Uh, we'll get to an email talking about paying the house off in a bit, and it's going to lead into a discussion here in just a second about mortgage strategies. Because have you seen interest rates lately? Uh, yes. Uh, they're, they're kind of low. Uh, they're a little just a tad. I, did you refi? I can't remember. Did you? Did you I'm in the process. Oh, you're still in the process, but it's not done yet. No, it is not done. Okay. You, and, and you had a sort of higher interest rate, so it really made sense for you. Uh, actually, I was at uh, $399. Oh, okay. Well, even so, you could do better than that. We'll talk about that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But I'd like to, right off the bat, if I may, take a minute, maybe two, no more than that, to set the record straight because, once again, gee, go figure, Professor Plum, there's disinformation out on uh, social media and on the Internet. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I thought that's what the whole thing was designed for with this information. You're you're right. You're right. Oh, but it's worse that people have time to sit around the house and look (laughs) at YouTube videos. That's all they can do now is look at this dumb social media stuff. Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, well, I don't believe any of the experts. I don't believe any of the people who know all this stuff. I don't believe any of the doctors and the scientists. I'm going to believe this guy on YouTube that made a video in his basement because he's speaking speaking (laughs) my language. His parents' basement. Yeah, his parents' basement. No no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. Well, what I want to dispel here is this this uh, idea because we've gotten questions on this uh, that that the stimulus check. You know, the twelve hundred bucks that a lot of people, in fact, people are getting them twelve hundred dollars yeah. each. Some people getting the five hundred dollar credit for the, the the child and all that stuff. There's a rumor going around all over the internet that they have that you have to pay it back. That they're borrowing from next year's taxes because the the, the way it's written, Professor Plum, and I'll let you explain it, but I know how it is. It's written as a tax credit for the twenty twenty. Uh, tax year to, to to when you fill out your taxes in 2021. This is where the confusion lies. Let's right. try if we can to explain this, and you do not have to pay it back unless you weren't supposed to get it in if the first place. To, if, you, if you want to pay it back, go right ahead, but uh, there's there's no requirement. It is a prepayment of a brand new credit that is coming on the 2020 one year only, at least for now, uh, 2020 return. It, and so when you fill out your 2020 return, let's say that in, in a normal year uh, for 2020, not, not the corona year, uh, you are going to get a refund of 500 bucks. That's in next right. April, let's just say. Right. That, that's just normal. I mean, that's just what would have happened if life had gone on as usual. Right. Well, this year, or what's happening is they're adding a $1,200 credit so that instead of a refund of 500 bucks, you would get a refund of $1,700. 1200 plus 500 Right. And so, and they're giving that as a, an advance. So you're getting that already. So when you fill out the return, you'll show I'm getting a $1,200 credit. I've already got the $1,200 credit. So don't give it to me when I file my return. Um, they've been sending it to dead people too. So um, I don't know what they're doing about that. Um, and it's weird because let's say that you, 
qualified for it based on the 2019 return. Your income was married couple 149,000. So you got the full 2,400. And then for 2020, uh, 20, your income went way up. Go figure that one. Um, and you were over the $198,000 limit. They're still going to let you keep it. That, 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 the, yes. The, the, well, they, they have not said that they're going to make you pay it back. And I, I think it's going to create too much of a headache. It would just be one of those things where they say, just keep it. Just keep it. Um, yeah. And as I understand it, too, Professor Plum, if you haven't filed your twenty, let's see, 19. 2019 return yet, because obviously it's you know it goes till July now, and you don't qualify for it or you don't fully qualify for it based on your 2018 return. Let's say they looked at that because that was the last information they had. But in this year, if you do qualify for it, you can get it or a, a portion that may have been missing when you do your taxes next April. True. I mean, so when you do your taxes next April, they're going to say, okay, your credit was 1200 bucks, but we already sent it to you. Oh, wait a minute. No, we, you didn't get it? Okay, now we'll send it to you now. This is going to happen, I think, more with uh, younger adults that were in 2018, 2019, uh, or 2018 specifically, a dependent on their parents' return, but 2019, 2020, they were not. Yep. A dependent. And so they file it and they'll get the thing later. Or uh, a lot of parents uh, that had babies in 2019 that. Um, and maybe they didn't get around to filing their 2019 return yet. So on their last return that they have on file, the 2018 return, they didn't have any kids. But now they have the 2019, they do have kids. And so if they get in too late, they, they file the return you know, next month, uh, they'll, they'll be able to pick up the $500 kidlet credit in the, on the 2020 return when they file that. <laughs> the kidlet credit, that's good. That's not bad. That's not bad. So, so you do not... You do not have to pay it back. It's not. It's not borrowing from next year's. It just aggravates me. It's a credit that is being prepaid out. Exactly. That's the Brand easiest new. way for them to do it. The other question was: Is this a taxable uh, income? Is this twelve hundred dollars going to be taxable? No, it's it's not taxable. It's a credit coming down the return. Uh, it's not taxable income to you. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a credit. <laughs> it's a refundable credit. credit, and that's what a credit is. It's uh, they don't tax you on that. Gee, I got a refund of two thousand dollars this year, and they're going to count that as income. <laughs> We're going but yeah, this is a credit, so it is not taxable. Okay, so good. If you have any questions on that, please email us. We would love to address it because I just hate I hate incorrect information, and there, there's just a ton of it out there. So we take a deep breath. Hmm. Now, we go to our happy place, which, by the way, is an email. And if you want to email us, uh, we, we usually save these for the end, but I wanted to get to this because it's going to lead into a discussion about mortgages. This is from Victor. If you want to email us, go to our website, luciacap.com, L-U-C-I-A-C-A-P. That may be where, you'd be listening, where, where you're listening to the, the podcast right now. luciacap.com, send us an email. Victor. Uh, Victor's in Texas, by the way. I'm semi-retired. My wife and I are in our 50s. Our house is paid off. We have no debts and retirement accounts are in pretty good shape. We plan to sell the house and move next year. We could pay cash for the new house, but if we could get an interest rate at 3% or even less for 10 or 15 years, what would you think about investing to try to beat that 3%? What investments do you think would stand a chance of beating the mortgage rate over 10 to 15 years? I'm not sure we want to get into what investments necessarily will beat 3%, but that's his question. Do they pay cash, or do they get a, 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 a low interest rate mortgage and invest the difference, Professor Plum? Well, there's a couple sides of the equation. Part of it is financial uh, and goes to the question, can I do better? The other is emotional. And the other thing is, where is the, if you do decide to take out a loan, so you're going to buy a place for $300,000 and you're going to borrow two hundred. 
So instead of taking 300 out of your pocket and putting it into the into the house, you're going to take 100,000 out of your pocket and you've got 200,000 left over to do something with. Where is the money going to come from on a monthly basis to make that payment? If you're going to try to take that $200,000 and invest it to create a cash flow, a large enough cash flow to pay a mortgage payment and hope to do a lot better, I don't think that's a good idea. But if you say, I've got pensions and social and rentals and other income from other sources where making a payment and I do not have to take it from this portfolio, then this, this, this hypothetical 200000 that we were talking about, I'd say, yeah, I think that you can invest it over the next 10, 10 plus years. Now, it all now comes down to you and your risk tolerance. How do you feel about investing? Now, going forward, we don't know what is going to happen with this economy, whether it's going to spring back, whether it's going to take a long time to recover, what's going to go on. So what do you think that the next 10 years can do for you with an investment portfolio? If you think that you could do 4%, I'm probably not willing to do that with, if it's costing me 3 because that 4 has some variability to it. If you think you can do eight or nine or ten percent, well, then now you're now you've got a big enough return to 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 entice you to do this. So a lot of it is emotional, some of it's financial, and it all depends on where the payment's coming from. Yeah, and, and you know we've heard this before too. By the way, uh, people who say, "Well, gee, just take the you know, take the amount and 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 uh, invest the difference." But what you said really makes sense there, because if you can't afford, or if you have to dig into something else to make this mortgage payment, and it's an issue of cash flow, then it's not a good idea to do this. Right, um, and the person that was asking said he was semi-retired. Right. So I don't you know. know. Well, they're in their fifties, so I suppose. But I mean, do you really want to go back to work for the sake of the house? Uh, <laughs> uh, <on> the house. <laughs> uh, probably. Probably not. And then, the, you know, when you decide, gee, I should have, I should pay off the mortgage, but the, uh, <laughs> you know, the stock market is down, then I got to sell when it's down. It's not a good idea. But this brings us to the next uh, part of this. And I, I hope that answered your question, Victor. Um, we talk sometimes about people who want to pay off their house or they want to pay off their mortgage, or they want to do a 15-year mortgage because they'll pay it off that much more quickly. Uh-huh. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but there's there's a strategy that we've talked about for a long time, and I've never heard it talked about anywhere outside of this show, again, Professor Plum, that involves a Roth IRA. Can you set that up for us and explain to our listeners what this is? Well, sure. It has to do with somebody who's saying, yeah, I am going to be employed for the next 15 years. I want to pay off my mortgage at the end of that 15-year period of time, or I want my mortgage to be paid off. At the end, maybe I'm 50. I want to retire at 65. Uh, maybe I'm 45. I want to retire at 60. Whatever the numbers work out to be, uh, and I want to be paid off when I retire 15 years from now. So I want to do a 15-year mortgage because that will make sure it's paid off. Maybe a quarter percent better on the interest rate. And I would say, well, if you're going to be employed and you can easily make that payment, because obviously the 15-year mortgage payment is going to be a little bit higher than the 30-year mortgage payment. Okay, a lot higher. Should you, in fact, be doing the 15-year mortgage, especially with interest rates where they are today? And you're talking about maybe 3% for a 15, three and a quarter for a 30. I don't know what the exact numbers, but they're going to be similar to that. My opinion is do the 30 for a couple of reasons. One is if you ever have a bad month, it's much easier to meet that lower payment than the higher payment on the 15, the lower payment of the 30. Oh, that's that's yeah. a big reason right there. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is, let's say I never have that bad month and I can make that 15-year payment fairly easily. 
let's take the difference between what the 15 year payment is and the 30 year payment is and take that and pay the 30 year payment take out a 30 year mortgage pay the 30 year mortgage but take the difference that extra money that you would have been spending on the 15 and put it into a roth ira assuming you qualify and you can get it all in right and invest it for the 15 years several things happen when you do this you build up an investment portfolio it's not guaranteed but in your opinion you can i think that over a 15 year period of time you should be able to do better than what the cost of a 30-year mortgage is right now so in other words if you're if you had a you had a choice between a 30 and a 15 and let's say the payment and i don't know what if this is accurate it may not be i don't know but if the payment for a 30-year mortgage is 1500 a month let's say and you find out that the payment for a uh, 15-year mortgage is i'm making this up 2200 a month I, I don't know okay you would you would pay that 1500 a month you would take the 30 uh, 30 year mortgage pay the 1500 a month for the 30 and you take that extra 700 that you would have paid toward the 15 and you invest that in the Roth IRA yes and your numbers aren't that far off you're talking about uh, 2380 would be the payment so it'd be 880 dollars a month difference oh okay that you could put towards, I mean, assuming starting with the 1500 on the first one, but anyway, yeah. um, so you put the 880 between you and your spouse into a Roth IRA over the 15 years. Now, 15 years goes by, you still have a mortgage because you had a 30 year mortgage and you paid the basic payment for 15 years, but you also have a Roth IRA. And, and so you can now do a couple of things. And now before I get to what the couple of things can be also, if you're itemizing your deductions, you've had a bigger itemized payment or a bigger itemized deduction each of those years as well, and especially towards the later part when you've got you know, the 13th, 14th, and 15th year when you're almost paying no interest, you're still paying interest. Remember, out-of-pocket cash flow is the same. So I've been able to get a little bit of a tax advantage over the 15 years. I still have a mortgage after 15 years. Yeah, I wouldn't have had a mortgage if I'd chosen the 15-year mortgage, but I've got this Roth IRA assuming I've earned better than what the cost of the mortgage was, is larger than the remaining balance. So I have option, I have two options. Option one, assuming I'm 59 and a half or older, I've definitely had the Roth for more than five years. I've had it for 15 in this case. Uh, I'm just going to take out a bunch of money from my Roth IRA tax-free and pay off the mortgage and keep the difference. Or I'm going to not take out money. I am going to set it up from an income stream and I'm going to take out enough to make the payment for the next 15 years until the mortgage is complete and still keep the difference. Uh, and what I like about that second scenario is that you don't necessarily at that stage have to be 59 and a half. You will no, because I've got capital in there that I've contributed. So I could start taking, I could be 55 or 50 and start taking out distributions from my Roth IRA from my contributions and until I get to 59 and a half, still tax-free. have to file a form on my tax return to tell the IRS to go away, but um, it's still tax-free if I've done it right. Yeah, and, and what you've done is, uh, you know, you, you, you've gotten the, you said the, the uh, uh, if you itemize, you've got the better, slightly better uh, deduction from taking that mortgage deduction on the 30 year than you would have had on the 15. Uh, you had options. Yes. If you needed it by taking the 30 year mortgage. And then when you hit the 15 year mark, when your mortgage by gum would have been paid off, well, 
You had options, technically. Yes. If you needed it by taking the 30-year mortgage. And then when you hit the 15-year mark, when your mortgage by gum would have been paid off, well... Either take that out of your Roth IRA if you're at least age 59 and a half, and you could do so tax-free and pay off the mortgage or just let it ride and hand the bill to, directly to the Roth IRA. That's that's why we do it the way we do it. Well, I, I, yeah, and, 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 and frankly, I just, I'm sure other people have said this strategy before or written about it or talked about it, but it just isn't out there. What do you think you can earn over the next 15 years on a monthly contribution, dollar cost averaging into something? Yeah. You think you think you could earn six, maybe seven uh, yeah. percent? Let's 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 say let's yeah, let's say seven percent. Again, this is not guaranteed. I just want to make sure people know that. But but let's just say over a 15 year period of time, if I'm putting what are we saying, 800, 900 bucks a month? What is it? 880. 880. Yes. So close to 900 bucks a month inside of a Roth IRA for the next 15 years. And just to be clear, we're putting it into two different Roth IRAs to get to the lump limit because 880 is over the individual limit. Yes, it is. Between you and a spouse, and currently it's over the limit. Yes, it is by quite a bit. Well, if you can earn an average of 7% over that 15-year period of time, your Roth IRA would be worth about $278,926 and change. That wow. sounds pretty nice, but you still owe money on the mortgage, right? Yeah. If I made the exact bare bones minimum on that mortgage I was using in the original uh, calculation here, I would still owe $213,000. After 15 years. Yeah. So if I take the 213472, that means that I could take the money out and still have 65000 in my pocket. And, and that is the exact same cash flow. So I didn't do anything different from out of my pocket for those 15 years. I still made the same amount of payment that would have been made to the 15-year mortgage. It's just that this time, instead of making the higher payment just to the mortgage, I split it between a 30-year mortgage and a Roth IRA. It's I, I, I can't say anything other than, I mean... I don't know. I, I you, know, you have to have the cash to be able to do this, okay? But you have to have the cash to make a 15-year payment, too. Right. So you have to, if you're considering doing a 15-year or a 30-year payment, obviously this assumes that you would have the cash to do so. Right. Um, and you have the time horizon to affect this, too. Uh, yeah, well, uh, presumably that's what you did, that you've already done your due diligence and you've, you you understand the, what, what the cash flow issues are. I mean, as you said, th- what's the difference between a 15-year and a 30-year? I mean, it used to be when, when, when interest rates were much higher, you could get a, a 30-year for you know 10%, but a 15-year <laughs> would bring you down to 7 Well, You're showing some age there. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, my first 30-year was 10%. <laughs> According to Yahoo, the average uh, 15 is 3.12, and the average 30 is 3.51 right now. Okay. Well, yeah, there's virtually no difference. At least 39% difference. Yeah. 39 basis points. It just doesn't make sense to me to do a 15-year. And your, your, your cash flow, I've been through the whole thing. I just think that's great. Um and and if you have any questions on this sort of thing, uh, listen to this podcast again if you weren't 100% sure of what we were saying. This, is again, is for people who are decide, trying to decide between a 15-year and a 30-year. Is there anything more we need to add to this before we go? Uh, consult with your advisor. <laughs> Good idea. An advisor like you. You've, you've talked to people. You, you, you've actually used this strategy before a number of times, have you not? Uh, we have used it. Uh, I was actually speaking to somebody this morning uh, about they're retired, and he was talking about his his wife is very much she was very much about paying off the mortgage, 
But now she's looking at it saying, you know what? I think we need to redo it. They've got about 22 years left on their current 30-year mortgage. And she's, she's thinking, I think we need to redo it to a new 30 given today's rates. It would save us like 300 bucks a month in cash flow. And frankly, I'd rather have the cash flow now when I'm 65 mm-hmm. than when I'm 88. Uh, makes sense for reasons that we've talked about again before as far as what you need. The, your cash flow needs at age 65 are most likely going to be vast. And they can do, th- well, uh, once this lockdown's over, they can do things. <laughs> we have to throw that caveat in, don't we? <laughs> I'm young, I just retired, and I can't do anything. <laughs> That's another issue. But we didn't, we hadn't counted on that. Anyway, yes, we know exactly what you mean. Great stuff, great stuff. Professor Plum, I, I thank you. Can we can we live up to this? We've really raised the bar the last couple of weeks on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we're just hitting our stride, man. We, just uh, our stride. we really are. Uh, I thank you again. If you have, any, if you want to email us and you have any questions that lead to things like discussions like this, please do so. You can go to luciacap.com, L-U-C-I-A-C-A-P, luciacap, like luciacapitalgroup.com, and you can email us right there. Uh, you can also call us. You can get in touch with Professor Plum. He mentioned that you need to have help with an advisor to do this stuff. It really is helpful to have somebody looking out for you, doing all this stuff and getting you organized. 800-644-1150. The number at Lucia Capital Group, 800-644-1150. Well, we're going to spend the next uh, few days, or I will anyway, trying to figure out a way to top this particular podcast. I hope <laughs> I can. We've set a high bar, but uh, I appreciate that, Professor Plum. Uh, it was it was great stuff. And for Professor Rick Plum, I'm Johnny Dean. I thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. This has been Managing Your Financial Future, the podcast. We'll talk to you again next week. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by Lucia Capital Group, will be either suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation, or any component thereof, serves as the receipt of, or a substitute for, personalized advice from Lucia Capital Group or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The information provided is based on current laws, which are subject to change at any time. Lucia Capital Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Social Security rules can be complex. For more information about Social Security benefits, visit the SSA website at ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213 to speak with an SSA representative. Examples cited or hypothetical are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Roth IRA earnings will be taxed at ordinary income rates and a 10% penalty tax will apply if withdrawn prior to age 59 and a half or within five years of the date the Roth IRA was established, whichever is longer. A dollar cost averaging strategy does not guarantee a profit or protection from loss. Since such an investment plan involves continual investment in securities regardless of fluctuating price levels, you must consider your willingness to continue purchasing during periods of high or low price levels. The investment professionals are registered representatives with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. Lucia Securities LLC was acquired by LPL Financial August 2020. The investment professionals of Lucia Securities, LLC, are now affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital.